hi, this is James. Welcome to Jimish Fam. I'm joined with. Uh, how do you introduce yourself? I'm Justin. Really, Justin. Yeah. Once really. Never really reconciled the two how they work together. To be honest, at Once Really on Twitter. Um, how's it going, Justin? Yeah, good. Thanks, James. Um, you were saying you bought a new Mac Pro, Pro. I did. Yeah, I got the Pro Retina one, big, big, big size one. Do some um, Final Cut stuff. Um, in a more portable location. But I thought I would... There's a couple of apps I wanted to use so that I've sort of been anti-smartphone for a while. Um, so I thought I'd try and install a, a virtual uh, Android on the computer, but four hours later, it's still not quite working. Yeah. Anyway, it's not that much fun. Um, how about you, James? How's your week been? Busy. Very busy. That's good. What, um, what projects have you been delving into? Gardening. Excellent. And like money work and uh, I've got family in town this weekend, so preparing for that. Excellent. Um, it's my mom's birthday, so I'm working on a present for her. Working on it? You're making it or? Yeah, unfortunately. I, I was, I hope she's not listening. I was making a, uh, I wanted to buy her a card game, but it was sold out. Like the first edition, the print is completely sold out and it, they're not making the second edition until November. Um, so they, to appease the masses, they brought out a thing where you can print it out yourself, but then you have to cut it all, you know, 200 cards out yourself. And That's pretty cool. It's taken me all day. I still haven't finished it. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, it's the uh, Marry Me, Mr. Darcy, the Pride and Prejudice game. And is she a big card person or is she just into Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, she's just in Pride and Prejudice and silly games to play. <laughs> At a beach house. So why? What's the new computer for? Just for audio project? Justin's a musician and an actor and does creative work. Yeah, it's. I probably bought it more for the. Um, I've just been really, I guess, enjoying the whole um, Final Cut um, Pro X that that brought out, and yeah, I just think it's a cool program. And um, I th- I think where I'm at with right now with music and stuff like because I did a degree in art direction a while back and I I do like doing a bit of acting and and music and and then someone asked me to because I come from music background with an art direction background someone asked me to uh, direct a music video a little while ago they gave me a couple grand and um yeah sort of uh, it kind of made sense because I'd already done a few album covers for that same artist and then they they just said hey why don't you direct a video and I'd never really done one but I sort of always played around with it and yeah I thought well there's there's me mixing two things and then I kind of started allowing myself well started getting interested in acting again where I'd stopped having any interest in it for quite a while but now it's sort of getting quite interesting and now I just think the whole landscape of where we're at digital digital uh, landscape and content I don't know no one really knows what what a musician's supposed to do anymore or even like filmmakers are starting to wonder how their life's supposed to work uh, with the new blockbuster Peridium that we seem to be finding ourselves in and uh, so small scripts struggling and um, I guess the Hollywood studio system is all about making movies that they can sell to Asia as well as uh, 14-year-old kids in mega malls. Yeah. So anyway, no one really knows where it's all going but I've started to like just open myself up to everything a bit more instead of just concentrating on music and stuff and uh, maybe that'll lead to the new kind of artist guy. I don't know. It seems to be working for James Franco. He just put out a 
book again and he's writing films and have you seen the movie that he wrote uh the one that one of the copplers made yeah i haven't seen it. is it good no oh i don't know have you seen it um no but i would like to yeah when i get a chance what's on your um next two top two or three films on the list for you to watch next oh the new pt anderson film and the new christopher nolan film Oh, yeah. They're both coming out in November, I think. What's the P.T. Anderson one? Inherent Vice with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I've heard something vaguely about that. I've just, I was just passing by a, um, a bus with a billboard for the new Christopher Nolan one. That's out 6th of November here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Inherent Vice. I, I don't remember what that's about at all. But we were talking... I've been looking at short films lately and... Um, without having a list of the actual short film festivals that they've been exhibited in, I keep on seeing in their little spiel next to the film, seen in 35 short film festivals, and these aren't that good of film festivals. So I started thinking that the film that you made should be seen by more people because people really like it. And I like it. And people like it. I mean, obviously some people from the St. Kilda Festival wrote to you and said, we want to show it so people like it. I don't know what you get this yeah, hang up that it's for old people. It is for old people. Because of that scene in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's a magical scene and people of all ages. No, it's just uh, everyone else wants something edgy, you know, or they want something. Bullshit. I don't agree with you. I don't. Those edgy ones are so unfulfilling. I don't like. I, but I don't find short films fulfilling full stop. Like, Well, a lot of that that's, might be true, but yours is fulfilling. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I keep seeing these shorts that have been shown in 40 festivals around the world and I don't have a list of what those festivals are. I suppose I could probably dig if I really wanted to, but I think you probably know where they are. So, let's let's get this film seen a bit more. Do you have some ideas? Well, I just think, I, don't, I can't see why. Well, I sent you an edit. Have you had a chance to look at that? Oh, you sent me it? No, I haven't yeah. seen it. Check it out. I don't know if it'll help, but I think it could. Um... Other than that, if it's financial, then yeah, we'll have to start a, um, I don't know, we'll work out a payment program. But uh, <laughs> it's expensive because it's it adds up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If How you're much is it? To, if you're, you know, sending it to 20 festivals at 30 bucks each and hoping to get into like one or two, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but that's, those are the sort of things that you just have to cop. I mean, you spend 100 bucks on four different festival entries or something, or... Or you um, don't get it out there and you wait another three years until you've got money to make another quality film. Um, and then you're still going to need to spend money on getting that one out. I mean, it's the same with everything. Like Elvis Presley recorded his first single himself with his own money from driving a truck. You too borrowed money off their parents to uh, record their first music. Um People forget that these icons... Right, okay, but put, put yourself in the position of someone scheduling a, um, like, picking movies to show at a film festival, yeah. right? And you've been to a few of them. Like, what would you... Like, what is in the meet queue that goes, oh, I have to put that in? It's, there's no it's, hook. It's a one-off, there's no. no but there's it, no hook, there's no cat, there's no, oh, that's the one where the guy pisses on himself. I get it, I get it, what you're saying, because, yeah, everyone's looking for this hook thing a lot of the time, but... 
Every now and then there's just a quality. That's the whole thing about all things short films. Uh, what's the hook? Oh, did you see the short film with a guy falls? No, but yours is, that film's got heart, which is different. You know, to draw another musical comparison recently, like, sure, most of the stuff that is in the top 40, it's usually about a girl with hardly any clothes on singing about the club and et cetera, et cetera, or some crazy dance from some guy from Korea or, you know, a guy with big crazy hair and big white rimmed sunglasses in his undies singing about his uh sexiness but all that aside the the album that sold three times more than any other album in the last five years or ten years probably the biggest selling album in in the world was was Adele and it wasn't there was no underwear there was no bikinis there was no uh, stupid rep- repetition of the one word over and over and over again and no weird sound effects on the vocals. It was just something with heart. And she had this one song that just everyone, it cut through all that hook stuff, all that gimmick stuff. Yeah. And I reckon that film is a, is is just strong. It's just a strong film. Like Adele's got a very strong song that she put out and it connected with everyone. So that would be my feeling. It does happen every now and then. I guess so. And you've um, you've entered how You've entered it. You put it into what, like six festivals? Yeah, probably, probably more than that. Uh, they they always say the Beatles got rejected from a hundred record labels before they got signed. Yeah, but if you're just sending it to people and they watch it, then that's fine. It's more that when you these festivals, they make their money by getting a thousand people sending in a film and charging thirty bucks. That's thirty thousand bucks to get the film festival started yeah it's hard it's hard i mean but at the same time what do you uh what's the alternative like you want people to see your writing yeah exactly so i'd rather pay pay money to send it into film festivals where it's just based on my writing you know is that happening is that costing you yeah so, but I don't have enough money to like. I got one on just November seventh. I want to get in. That's going to cost a hundred bucks because with writing festivals you have to pay someone to read the script because You're it takes two hours to read in the script. Yeah, so you have to pay someone. Uh, I can just film stronger than that, man. It's it, it works. This this I think it. I mean, it looked good on. It does look good on page. I remember reading it and thinking it was really good, but. I didn't actually think it was as good as it turned out. I, it turned out better than I imagined because, yeah, you, you can just sort of see... Yeah, but it's compromised because it had to be... It was paid for by the council. They wanted a family-friendly thing. So, it's like it's very conservative. You know, the original that the matter. original idea was like... I mean, if you're seeing the film... Uh, Most uh, of the best stuff is for everyone. Like... Yeah. My favorite movie of all time is like Stand By Me, which I think I saw when I was, I don't know, 10 and I still love it. And it's it's, it's got a little bit of adult content in it, but, and then you've got, you know, things like Gilbert Grape. There's nothing edgy about that. That's probably my second favorite film. Anyone could watch, any age could probably enjoy it. It's just a story about, stories about families and people. Yeah. And I'd probably go back to that Adele thing. The reason she's sold three times more than Taylor Swift, who's the biggest artist in America, is because it appeals to everyone. Yeah. Star. Ah. I don't know. We're going to get this out. Even if I have to, I don't know, dig into my own pocket. 
Um, it's a good film. Yeah, but you have to think about. I, I, I appreciate that, but it's you know you have to think about where it would fit. I, I don't think like so. I would like to sense this. I'm thinking of saying to this Finland film festival, but will Finnish people get the film? Uh, what's Just the, because they what? speak English, don't they? I think you're allowed to enter English. It probably you have to go into a certain segment of the film festival for English language films. I don't want to be an a-hole, but I totally reject your feeling that it's not. It's family friendly being the issue here. That's not. I mean, there's no swearing or blood or anything. That's that's not an issue at all. That's that's a good thing. Yeah, but it's also like I like I said online. It's like a white guy pining after a girl, and it's like the most unoriginal idea. That's why it's so. That's why that's why it's such a feat. You've pulled you can't this do off. that anymore. You've pulled it's, off something which does sound like a mundane story, but I totally think it's way above what you're saying. Anyway, yeah, we'll sort that out. It's got to go in a few more. I don't know where you get the list from. Give me the list. I'd rather just make a new film, money. spend what the $200 it costs to enter into new films and just make it. Yeah, but I heard you talk about your next film or something. One of your ideas recently was that you almost have, you've written, a, I think maybe a feature or something you mentioned to me at one point, but the idea is to go ahead and you think you've written it as it's cheap and you can make it without paying actors and things like that. And I'm totally down with that. But the more I think about that, I think it doesn't work. You need to, um, I, I think, I mean, as much as you didn't have that much funding, you had enough funding to make everyone happy. And I think it's really important. Like, you might, you had a bit of issue with one of the actors in the film that didn't turn up to some practice time hmm. a bit. And that, imagine if you didn't have any money to give them, like, you'd just come up, you'd see frowning on the set. You'd see when something was just a little bit difficult, you'd get a little bit more of a frown, a little bit more of a shuffle of the feet. And, um, and that probably goes across all areas in the film crew, I think. Yeah, but my friend who lives just around the corner, they made a film this year for $17,000 or something. A, sh- a feature film. I don't know where the money goes. Have you seen it? No. I don't know if it's any good, but they're going to get they're gonna get attention for it. More attention than I will for a Do you want to drop film. a name? Fun? Can you drop any names? No, I don't want... To the production people? You don't want to say? No, it's just like people like me it's not not only famous people I don't think you know there's always levels, levels of fame Perth fame yeah anyway I, I'll i debate you with this another time when we're not boring the crap out of people because I totally disagree with you 100% anyways um so what else has been happening when you are I've been doing my day gig design work I'm working on a few things for myself which are visually based and when I do those things I can listen to podcasts mm-hmm. as opposed to when I make music I can't listen to anything or when I'm writing something I can't listen to anything. Can you can you write your scripts while there's dialogue going on in the background? Mm-hmm. No. When but you- I drive for work so I usually listen to podcasts while I'm driving. Oh, sweet. Or exercising. Sweet. I've been in quite enjoying it. I actually have more time for podcasts than any other medium. I think everyone does. People just don't know it. I think if you go, if you work out the people doing chores, uh, driving to work or commuting, doesn't have to be driving or, um, you know, exercising, that's like, for most people, that's a minimum of two hours a day that they can't do anything else but that. I mean, some people read a book on the train, but. Yeah. It's great. It's like I started pursuing my design work a little bit more because I just 
realized I can do it to a good level, but a little bit mindlessly. And just listen to goings on in the world. It makes the world seem smaller and you learn stuff. Hmm. Quite liking that Brett Easton Ellis one. Oh, yeah. That's pretty that. cool. You used to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to any recent episodes, but some of them are quite uh, interesting. Yeah. What else do you like? He reckons that cinema's doomed. <laughs> that, that seems, seems to be a very thing. big theme on his show, yeah. And, yeah, probably. I didn't ask you. I think I said my t- films I'm excited to see. Did you have an answer? Oh, I mean, I always have this list that I write when I'm just thinking of it. And it's usually I just email it to myself. so And then I retrieve it and then add to it and then send it again, reply to myself. And I think I just wrote yesterday, I wrote Milk. I haven't seen... I think Brett Easton Ellis might have been involved with it at one point. One of the scripts. I'm not sure if his final one was his. Um, I wrote Gasland because I was walking along and I was talking to this guy selling, um, well, a charity man trying to help um, the cause of old growth forests in WA. Apparently, this is a little tip that I learned yesterday, which I'm, as much as I do support um, environmental causes, I'm, I think this one might be stretching the truth somewhat, but it could be true. He reckoned there was 10,000 football fields of old growth forest knocked over every or cut down every year in Australia 10,000 football fields that's huge yeah anyways but we've got to support the logging industry man we've got to keep those jobs those tiny little jobs let alone the huge tourist industry that's getting ruined by destroying the old growth right? yeah but anyway so yeah that reminded me of Gasland which is because uh, he started talking about fracking after that so Gasland went on my list yesterday which I've been meaning to see for years apparently it's um, it was I think it was Oscar nominated. I actually met a guy who was one of the producers. I worked with him for a little while when I was in LA a little while ago, but he's gone off the... Well, he's lost his mind now. So the project that I was working on is probably never coming out. But yeah, I want to see Gasland because it's supposed to be fantastic and it's this documentary about... And the, the way they, they styled it, it's very much just a guy almost holding a camera at himself, walking around, investigating all this stuff, which I've been sort of making a documentary for a little while, which is in a similar vein. So I want to watch that to get um, some clues on the production style of uh, holding a camera or putting it on a fence somewhere and standing in front of a, a um, fracking tower or something. Anyways, uh, what else is on my list? Movie-wise, I can't remember much further than that. That was the... Uh, oh, yeah, no, I don't know. Nothing... nothing. I was sh- I'm sure the Christopher Nolan one will be great. I mean, he's pretty consistent. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have my doubts that the actual film as a whole will work, but I think it'll be spectacular, whatever happens. Yeah. Really? On IMAX screen. Yeah, right. No, I, um, I'm usually pretty up to date with what's going on with all that stuff, but I haven't followed anything about this new film. What's it even called? Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah, I haven't... I, I mean, I know it's coming because I'm really interested, but I'm avoiding all the trailers because I, I want to be surprised when I go in, you know? Yeah, it's got... Matthew McConaughey on the um, poster wearing like a a real it seems like a spacesuit that's from reality like your sort of gravity spacesuit as opposed to a sci-fi spacesuit so I'm wondering if it's in that sort of based in our time reality or it's sci-fi in the future and there's all sorts of machines that we've never heard of yeah um but yeah sorry are you gonna say something do you do much acting at all? Um, I, yeah, I stopped doing it for years and, and then, yeah, like when I met you, 
That's when I thought I was going to try and do it again. Um, and I just recently got my O1 work visa for America. So I want to, um, I got that more through my music achievements because that's some of that stuff's been going well and there's people over in America who like it. And How do you go about doing that? What's the... The O1 work visa? Yeah. Um, I had to show that I had done, achieved, well, it's actually the O1 is like the code, but the real official title of the American Immigration um, call it, they call it the uh, Alien of Extraordinary Ability. So it's the same one that all the actors get when they go over there and they've been in Home and Away for five years and and then all the musicians that, you know, have had a hit or something. I don't know if I've had any hits, but um, enough people have said really good things about me in the internet. And I think the immigration people troll through and try and find out whether you are considered extraordinary ability or not. So I did that. I, I, I submitted some stuff and then they went and researched me and um, had to get some famous people to write nice letters about me and stuff. And they act, it's weird. They actually, like it says in the application process, we need famous people to say good things about you. So that was pretty weird. Um, so I scratched my head for ages and finally came up with a list of people. And I all said yes, that they write, they liked what I do and they all wrote nice things. But back to your question about acting, um, I... I'm quite liking it now. It's interesting. And so, what, what do you... Like, other... I mean, I only know the stuff that you did for me. Yeah. Like, what did were, I, you being, were you auditioning for other stuff? Or do you just get offers on things? Well, I hadn't been pursuing it for ages, but when I, when I went over to Sydney, um, like, 10 years ago or something, I rocked up and I had this... I was really not wanting to do music, but I rocked up and I thought... I actually think... I don't know, maybe I'm full of shit, but I think acting's really easy, like... <laughs> some people might say yeah because you crap at it but um and when i saw the film that you made I, I did think i was crap and i was like oh my god i'm deluded like i thought it was easy and it wasn't easy but then i watched it again maybe some people encouraged me and i was like ah yeah actually i can stomach this um anyway <laughs> i can't believe i just said acting's really easy you know these people going to nida but it doesn't seem like a very hard chore you basically got to read someone's lines and then repeat them and pretend that you feel the things like anyway so i thought uh no i haven't done that much i went over to sydney and i went in this um uh amateur theater um production and it was it's quite a famous amateur when i say amateur like this is like the very high level like people who could be professional actors and maybe were but they just couldn't be bothered with the the lifestyle you know they've decided to get a real job in teaching and then not have to go to auditions in the middle of the day so that was a went in this one play i was really good and managed to get an agent from that and um yeah then she sent me to an audition for an ad and i got that like my very first audition um it was for an american ad so it never really um show it was never shown i never saw it but um it was a big production that they they were doing three ads in the one part of the campaign and the one that it was all based at, um at this music festival so they came out to australia to use i don't know the extras in the music festival grounds or whatever for whatever reason when that was happening there was a lot more american productions going on in sydney and um yeah i did that and then is that good money it was yeah it was yeah it was good yeah um and then after hobby money hey it's a hobby money oh no because i was a character but it wasn't crazy money because they were sneaky they managed to like audition these people and say okay my role was like a vj on like a channel v or mtv and they you know come in and uh 
do your thing, but they kind of wanted you to improv. So the lyric, so the dialogue was never written down on, on a bit of paper. So therefore, the rate was not quite as high. Even though I'm in the ad, like saying all these dialogues, they kind of I did my my improv and they come, told me to come back and I didn't did it again. And then they like finessed it and massaged it a bit. So I was sort of saying what they wanted me to say. But it was a bit of my own character. Anyway, that meant they got to save a bit of money. But long story short, it was okay. Um, but yeah, then after that, I just really got into music and I stopped doing it and. I, you know, I told, I'd go and meet this woman who was my agent. She'd say, what are you doing? What parties are you going to? What courses are you doing? Who are you smooching? And I was just like, oh, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Like, I'm not that interested. And I stopped doing it. Got really into music. And then, yeah, like last year, I, just, I was in LA for a little while in 2012. Started thinking I'd like to um, do it again. Just, I don't know if it was, I always thought I would like to do it again eventually, but maybe the music industry got to a point where it's a little bit demoralizing and a bit doomy. And I just started liking liking watching shows like Breaking Bad and thought, well, if that's what TV's on, and I I thought, well, you know, maybe it wouldn't be that, maybe it would be fun. Like, I'd never want to be on something like Home and Away or whatever, even if it did lead to being Thor eventually in millions of dollars. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I could stomach being on many of the Australian dramas, no offense to anyone. But um, I'm sure I just offended 10, 100, lots of people. But um, if I can somehow get, I was thinking about going to, um, uh, pilot season in uh, December or January with this new visa I've got. Seeing if I can uh, see some people it would at least be funny to cross that off my bucket list that I did go to LA and do some stuff, even if it wasn't much. Mm. But you know, acting's a weird thing. Like it's sort of even people who are successful, like really successful, like five years later, you just look at them and they go, "They seem like yeah, maybe they've got a nice house, but they don't." This doesn't really have. It doesn't really have any... There's not much control for you and you're not really doing much. The real artist is the director or the writer, I think. So, anyway, if it gave me a nice bit of money, who could complain? Yeah. Um, speaking of all that stuff and watching in pilot season, and you asked me about what films I watched, I, I did just sit down and watch all of True Detective season one. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was, um, I the first episode, I was like, I can't believe people like this. Yeah, I didn't like the first episode. But then episode I gave either. the second episode a shot and then I got into it. Because it just felt like, oh, is this just some, some new law and order thing? It's just two cops in a murder. I'm like, God, who cares? <laughs> like, Yeah. But then you start to see, once it got more involved in their lives and the context of where they are it's more much more interesting yeah because i just can't stand procedural stuff you know yeah no i i can never watch any of those law and order things and stuff like that and the csius or whatever they're called but um yeah no it was quite fun but it but the same same time you wonder like with entertainment in general i guess it's it is just a way to like forget about it you don't really get much spiritual nourishment or anything like that out of it do you yeah, I mean, some shows I did. Like, I remember watching um, some shows. If you, especially if you binge it and watch it all, uh, you know, at a time like I think I watched Battlestar Galactica and Deadwood. I watched them all like, you know, forty hours in a week. And end of the week, you come, it ends, and you feel like it was like another world that you're part of, and you'll never. You get attached to those people when they disappear that I felt like I'd lost something when it ended. Like you'd been in this... It's like having a, a dream that went for a, a whole... Yeah. 
which is really fun yeah and great escapism i actually felt like that at the end of breaking bad i was like i was wrecked and i was like oh man i'm gonna miss those people. yeah but um with other shows where you watch it week to week it's hard to get that effect because you sort of it's so dilute it's only when you watch something intensely that you're like wow and you're in that world but there is some art forms or entertainment that you do also um that can change the way you think and you can learn something. Whereas mm. I don't re- I mean, maybe True Detective was great and the acting was superb and I love the production and stuff. Maybe, I, I mean, the McConaughey um, characters, atheist views and stuff were interesting, but I actually kind of already agreed with all of them before I'd seen it. Um, but maybe do you think that's what some people would have got from it? Like mm. a new way of thinking about that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, but like you know, sometimes like I remember like even when you just brought up Battlestar Galactica, I never saw it, but it made me think of. I used to sometimes, at one point they used to they used to show a lot of the original Star Trek, and I actually remember thinking that was fucking cool. Like, they'd have all these like anthropological ideas, and like mm. yeah, and they'd be dealing with issues. And even as a real kid, I could t- still hell what was sort of they were trying to hint at you know deals of racism and sexuality and stuff and yeah all about that 60s themes that were happening in the culture and that was cool and i and i know musical artists that have made me think about things differently i don't know about the original star trek but some of those sort of shows i always felt were sometimes a bit heavy-handed you know i know you mean i know you mean i can't think of any examples but yeah you don't want it to be heavy-handed and Smacking you over the head and treating you like a, uh, there's probably a good examples of films out there like that, um, which really put you in perspective. Like, I'd love to see more films from a woman's point of view that aren't like, "Hey, I got to get a job and win over a man," um, which is, seems like they're pretty rare out there. Like, you know, the Girls, which became a big hit on HBO, is still about us bunch of spoiled brats like yeah it's hard to identify those characters even though they're i guess more realistic but i like the first series of that show but i quickly lost interest oh yeah in the series the, halfway through two. the second series, i was like this is just these characters are just despicable i couldn't yeah I don't like them <laughs> it's hard to like and some people say oh that's what i like about it and yeah but but also yeah you just stop caring like hmm. um it, it started to get a bit soap opera um I wonder how long that show will still be a hit. But um, soap operas are hit sometimes. I just lost interest in um, House of Cards as well. After about, f- I started watching the first season and watched six episodes and I was done. Oh, really? Did you try that one? Yeah, I really like the first series, but I don't know. I don't think, I reckon I'll lose interest in the third series. The second series is okay because it's just a repeat of the first, really. Is it? I really like the idea, and that's what's cool about maybe Breaking Bad and True Detective, even though it's more of a simple, straightforward two guys trying to solve a murder thing. But I like the idea of knowing that I'm watching something that has a point and it's going to get to a spot, and they are trying to do one one idea. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I started feeling like House of Cards was just going to start doing he has an affair, she has an affair, and I don't really know where it's going. Like, if he... Anyway... I just started watching Masters of Sex. Oh, yeah. It's any good. I've watched like the first episode, but I didn't get past it. How come you didn't get past it? 
I don't. I think it's more. I just don't want to commit to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. I've. I. When I'm I, a commitment phobe. TV. Yeah, I. The all those shows I've mentioned, which is four that I've watched probably or started watching. That's all I've ever watched. I haven't. I know there's so many great shows out there, but I've just avoided them because they're all probably great. Like I've mm. never seen Sopranos. I've never seen any of um, Game of Thrones. People love. Yeah, you should probably see Game of Thrones. But that's the thing. Like, that's how long is that going to go for? Probably for ages. Yeah. And it's, and because the book series hasn't even finished, then the guy might even die before he's finished it. So how many seasons has there been? Four, maybe. I don't know. Four with like ten episodes. More. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, well, that's my commitment phobia, I guess. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I've seen a little bit of it. it seems kind of cool, but I've, I've never, I didn't, I did not enjoy any of those Lord of the Rings shows. So maybe I just, it's nothing like Lord of the Rings. It's more like Breaking Bad, but set in the Lord of the Rings universe. Okay, a lot of politics. That's cool. Um, it's yeah. I mean, the one thing is, is that like they just treat characters there's no like well there probably could be but there's you know you, you can never go oh this character is going to be if you try and guess this person's going to be a hero the hero of a series you know you could be the guy who writes it he could he'd be quite prepared to kill them off you know that's good that's always a good thing when you can't predict shit yeah um I mean, obviously, there's still some characters in it now that are, and that, you know, I'm like, well, I assume that the end of the series is going to be about that person mm. possibly conquering their ordeal, or maybe it will end with them just getting stabbed in the throat. And it's just like, hey, that's life. That'd be pretty cool. You know, if, if Steve Captain Jobs Jane. died of cancer and Tesla died a pauper, you know, heroes don't always have happy endings, you know. Mm. Um. Uh, so what about um, what's it called? Um, Mad Men. Have you, I've never watched that one. Has oh, it? I love that. It's probably my favorite show. Really? Ever. Really? Yeah. I have to watch it then because I've been getting some good. Yeah, like Brett Easton Ellis was going on about it recently. That's amazing. Yeah, but it's that show doesn't have a direction. Oh, really? So if you want a show that has a direction, you won't like it probably. Oh, really? Sort of just the, every day is a new challenge? Yeah. But it's just about, it's about the characters making the same mistakes over and over again. But It does not sound like my kind of thing. Yeah. It's more of an atmosphere thing. You go into the atmosphere. You get lost in the atmosphere. That's cool. But, but over and over again, same mistakes. That does not sound fun. That sounds like neighbors. Yeah, but you just you get to know the person and people you know that's just like it's kind of like real life you know people don't sometimes they change and mature a bit maybe and learn uh, how to get around it but then they're always tempted to make the same mistake you know but isn't that so what's the difference between that and days of our lives um i think there's a lot of care put into this uh-huh. <laughs> that's it the creators care about it yeah it gets great reviews. And they do stuff that would just never be done in films, you know. Right. Like Because like, films have to have a plot or they have to be completely abstract. It's, there's no middle ground really for films, you know. That's interesting. That's what I liked about Breaking Bad. Like, I know that they were making it up as they went along to some to a large extent. They must have been because they didn't know how many seasons they were going to get. But it felt 
like it made me think about script writing so much more because it felt like it was all written pre pre written. Yeah, but that's see the thing is I'll never ever I don't think I'll ever watch Breaking Bad again. Rather than I would watch shows like Mad Men and Deadwood, which don't have endings, um, again because I just want to get lost in that world. I don't care about what happens because well now that I know the end of Breaking Bad, what's the incentive of watching the film again? You know. It's it's done. It's like a one-hit wonder. Because that, that's the thing that kept you going, Breaking It's like, what's going to happen? Once it ha- it's over, you go back. It and had it's just, atmosphere and it had it's characters It's just despicable well. characters. It had atmosphere and characters. And as much as they were despicable, most of the despicable people actually had really redeeming qualities as well. Or maybe I yeah, just but the one hero, in. Hank. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He didn't mean it. They were all here. He's the only good character. Jesse was very lovable and so was... Even Heisenberg himself had a lovable. Even the really big bad Kingpin was was so enduring to watch because he was just so well done. Yeah, it was great acting, but I just couldn't watch it because it's you know what happens. Rather, it doesn't matter what happens in Mad Men. They could ruin it by doing something really stupid. But mm. so, um, what what do you think about like the you know you asked me about acting? Like, what's your take on it? On acting, yeah, your acting, no, <laughs> as an art form. Is it an art form, or are they just oh, people the who people are just- who? Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think again, there's no real middle ground. It's only the best that are actually really artists because you can see them. You can when you watch them on screen, you can see them thinking. They can you could make that film to cut out all their dialogue and you could still know exactly what happens because you can just almost read their mind. That's what I know, like great actors. And to get that skill level is pretty crazy to me. That They're the best. And most other people, you can see that all their... You look at them and they're all they are is trying to remember the lines. You can just see them going, what's my next line? <laughs> That's very That seems to be the jump between those two points seems to be a huge gap. Admittedly, I haven't worked with many great actors, so So um but you also like you make it's not about who you've worked with, but you're also making these deductions from watching stuff as well, right? Like the other people yeah. made. So I think that's interesting, like um no middle ground. So um so you're saying when you watch something, a film or TV, like let's say there's someone great in it. Is there also average people in it? Or is it only the people who actually work? Are they all great? Is the people who aren't good, are they the ones who don't get the job? I'm always impressed that sometimes you watch, like if you do watch CSI, they always have new actors and sometimes they get great performances out of those actors. But admittedly, most of the time they're just speaking exposition. So maybe that's easy to do. Um, but I think there are a lot of people who go into it and they don't get it. They think, oh, I'd like to try acting, but they don't ever sit there and go, what does it take to be a good actor? They just think it's of reading lines to an audience. Really? Isn't it? I thought that would be the first thing. And that's the same with any industry, I think. I thought that was the first thing people told them. How do you become a good actor? You think like the person who you're playing. Isn't that what they say? Isn't that the first thing you Yeah, do? but then they get so caught up in trying to think like the cat, but they're, all they're doing in their head is trying to think like the thing. You actually have to be be in that space. Um, 
you know, there's some probably some character actors that are probably really good and all they are is a speaking line because they probably are just that person in real life. You know? Yeah. Some people just play the same character. That's the thing, isn't it? Like people get this Oscar for being the great actor, but maybe they just mm. wrote a part that was very similar to you. Always, you know, the most confusing actor to me is Tom Cruise because I always believe him. I don't, you know, I don't, in real, the actual actor, Tom Cruise, I don't, care for a bar of soap but the characters he plays always uh, he seems to disappear to me and it's just the, that guy in that role but it, it's quite possible because he just play he, it's rare that he actually plays a different character than what his sort of persona is uh, maybe I don't know <laughs> I used to think that Tom Cruise just um... like he got no, did he get nominated for Magnolia I don't know but everyone said he that was his best shot at winning Oscar but I think that's some of the acting really grates me. Not, yeah. I love that movie. Hmm. I took a girl to that movie who couldn't speak English. <laughs> it wasn't um, best sort of. It's a difficult film to understand. I took a girl to see the light. This was the deal breaker for me. I took a girl to see on a. I guess it was a date to see The Fountain by Darren Aronofsky. Because I just Fountain. really wanted to see it and they wanted I, to. I remember when that was being talked about being made. I didn't even know it even got made. Yeah, it got made. Oh, okay. And it's all about death. <laughs> and so, it was the worst film to <laughs> take someone to <laughs> on, you know. <laughs> so, at the end of it, like, was, was you just say it was a first date? Uh, it, it was one early date. You were still it trying was, to It was dating. Uh, and did, did she look at you like, that? Yeah, I think, that? Yeah. She was just like, what the hell did you just take me to? <laughs> and then, and I realized, you know, going to movies is like the worst date. <laughs> I mean, once you're in a relationship, it's probably fine. You know, you go to a general movie. But yeah. when you're just getting to know someone, never take them to movies. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. Um, because you're just not really spending time with them? Yeah. You're watching a screen. You're not. Yeah, so you're not really yeah. improving your... And it distracts you from the movie because you're like, I wonder what they think of this film. This is true. What do they think of this yeah. film? What did they... You know, maybe a comedy would work, you know, and so you're laughing along. Yeah. But then I went to another date I went, which wasn't really a date. That's why I went, because I broke my rule of going to a film with a girl because it wasn't really a date because we were already friends. Mm-hmm. But I think she wanted it to be a date. And I went to see the latest... And she suggested the film. It's one of the Farrelly Brothers movies. And there's like, you know, some scene where some guy's like masturbating on a chick. And I like, I can't remember what it was. No, that's right. Have you seen that? Uh, it was one where a girl has explosive diarrhea in the bathtub. What <laughs> was Ben still And she one? just goes, you know. <laughs> okay. I was sighing with my head. <laughs> For the listeners at home. I could ask more questions about this, but it depends. I mean, the person who you're with might... You might not want to divulge that stuff. But, um, yeah. That's interesting. I read something about the Farley Brothers the other day that... Or someone was talking about them. I don't know where they came from or what their background was, how they got to be directors. But um, they were saying that on their first film... They were like, because the people were discussing the idea of coming in as a director, but not really knowing that much. How do you approach it? Do you fake it and boss everyone around? Or do you just be really open and say, hey, look, I've got no clue what this lens is or whatever. And anyway, there was some, this one guy who was in the production 
with the Farley Brothers' first film, and apparently they'd never directed anything, not even a short. I don't. How do you go from doing nothing to being to directing a feature film? Um, I Luck. think you. I mean, there are some. It depends. I. It's hard to be a hands-on director, but it's probably pretty easy to be a hands-off actor, as long as you. As long as you know that your job is to make sure this whole film is one vision. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to know fancy shots because you'll have... You can just do a wide shot and then cut into the close-ups and that's it. And then the editor works it out. And it's usually you would have a continuity person on set that represents the editor and they will say, no, nah, that's not going to cut together. And they will tell you, or the, or the DP will go, well, this will look good, and you just let the DP do whatever he wants. And then, but you still have to be, and then if you hire really good actors, you can just let them do it. But you have to have some idea of what you want the film to be. That's it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So as long as you've got a vision of the end, it doesn't really matter. Of the big, there. the whole film as a whole, yeah. yeah. That's all you really need to go in. And you probably need to have good skills at, you know, looking after actors in terms of what do they need to portray the character and, um, you know, being good to your DOP and having good relationships so you're not arguing over things. So, you think people people skills is one of the important skills? Yeah, because there's some directors out there who don't care at all about the actual photography of it. They all they care about the acting performances. Uh-huh. So, as long as they're working with the actors, they're happy and they just let the DOP do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Of course, Deepus love them because they get to pick the shots then. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the problem is sometimes if you let the DP pick the shots, then it won't look good in the edit because he's just looking for nice things. But when you try and cut it together, it doesn't work. Right. So, you have to have a... The director has to have the overall vision of how it's going to look. Yeah. So but if all else fails, have a wide shot and then do close-ups. Yeah. Make right. sure you stay on, you know, the, you know, the cross-the-line rule. I don't know that. What's that rule? Um, it's kind of like you, if you're having two people talking, you have one on the left side of the screen, another person on the right side of the screen, so that when you're cutting between it, the audience doesn't have to keep, they logically know where that, those two people are in the space. What? <laughs> well, obviously, you can't put the camera right in the camera in the actor's eye, so they're looking at the person. So you've got to position the camera so as if it's the view of that person. Ah, uh, yeah. But you've got to do that without confusing the audience, because you've got to, And there's a a rule called the crossing line that lets is the logical path of the audience. They go, oh, that what's happened. Okay, so it's yeah. a, it's a way of shooting the person's face. Yeah. And so you can break that rule if for. A, an effect or for a reason, but mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing, you better safer off just not breaking that rule. Yeah. Okay. So, it's so like is a safety to do yeah. with. Um, it's about like how you frame the person. Like, what side of the screen do you put the person's head? Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. Right. So I, I think um, I've already, I've already said that I think the film that you made is really good and great, awesome. So, I think your directing is really awesome as well. So, do you like directing? Uh, I'd probably enjoy it more if I wasn't producing. Sure, yeah, but that's a that's a pipe dream, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone, unless they're like actual 
You've got to be the producer director for a while, hey, until you've got like until people see it in festivals and know how awesome you are. But if you don't get it out, you'll never become you'll never get a producer. Um, yeah, but it'd be cool to have, you know, all the most successful people you have. It's because someone they had a producer. It doesn't have to be a good producer. It's someone who was committed to being a producer. I know, but that is that is the ideal. But I the problem on, is, I keep is, on noticing that people have to be the producer director until everyone knows how awesome they are, yeah. and then you get a producer. That's because and then no you one knows level. what a producer is. Do you know what I mean? Like they try and source producers. If I was like a producer, I would go to a bunch of film people and say, "Hey, what? You, ideally, what you should have is just someone who's experienced in event management, or that's their passion is management." You know? Really, you think so? I reckon that. I reckon that would be a huge boon to the Australian film industry because there's no. Um, that would be huge for the Australian film industry if they focused in terms of funding in taking people from other fields and training to be a producer rather than trying to recruit them from the film industry because people go in to film because they want to be a cinematographer, they want to be a director, a writer. They're the th- three things you get into film mm. for being. You might, or you might be interested in sound design. Mm. No one goes into film interested in rarely, like 1% out I, of 100. I completely agree with you, yeah. No one and that's why, you know, I went to this pitching night to pitch ideas and the idea was to bring writers and producers together. And there was like 100 people in the audience. That was three produce- people who claimed to be a producer put their hands up to say they were producers there. Shit. So, what's the... We had... 20 people pitching to these three people and you don't know you don't even know the credentials of them so the chances yeah. of those three people actually being useful to you or mm. or them actually having any interest in the 20 projects there no but i think it i think it comes down to more to money like if if i think most pro- people who on a small level local level who there is a little bit of budget enough to pay a producer mm. something that's reasonable they usually are a director or a writer or something like that or an actor or something but you know, they're taking a bit of they gig. But um, if there was really good money, I don't see why somebody who really aspired to be a director or an actor or something else couldn't do a really good job as a producer. If they, were, if they could see that, shit, this is going to pay my bills for a while. Um, I think the skills that those people would bring um, to help the director, because they'd understand what the director is going through a bit more than an events organizer. Hmm. They'd understand, oh, hang on, that won't work because this shot doesn't meet with that and all things that can help. Like, if they're trying to organize the catering and the actors and the auditions, like, I did... It's not just events. It could be PR. You need to know, obviously, we're talking about what festivals you enter. You need someone to go out there and find these are the best festivals to enter for this kind of film. Yeah, but I don't think it works practical because, okay, let's say there's some sort of funding body that takes the people who really wanted to be events organizers or whatever and says, hey, we're going to train you to be producers. Mm. Um, And they're like, I just don't think that they would, unless somehow then we manage to just pay them a shitload of money every no, day. No, what you do is you go, hey, here's $20,000. You have to go out there, recruit a writer and a director or a writer-director uh, for a project that you think is cool and uh, and then create a film. Yeah, I still think moment, you need to have people who weird, really love film. There's a wishy-washy thing where they need... Everything, all the funding things now, you already have to have, before you even approach the funding body, you have to have a producer attached. And so, you're saying they should get the producer and they put it all together? Yeah. That's what a producer does. Yeah, I know, but 
At the moment, it's writers and directors going around f- trying to find r- producers, which is, it just doesn't make sense. Oh, what I'm saying is, I don't. I just think on a practical level, I get what you're saying. I mean, it'd be great to have an awesome producer. On a practical level, I think you just got to be the producer director mostly until there's really, until you've got the runs on the board and people are saying how but awesome you are. That, yeah, but in the US, it's producers going around finding writers. And I know, but there's a that's over there in Los Angeles. They, that's their um. And that's, they, a multi- it's a million, that's a billion-dollar industry, yeah. Yeah, but that, there isn't that here. You got people in the we're, mining we're never, industry. We're never going to change that, are we? In probably in the not. film industry, probably because not even because we haven't in got the, population. the Australian TV industry, that's how it works. It's usually Australian producers going looking for an idea for a TV show, and they go out and find stuff. But it's all run through the you know agency system, which is this weird middleman. Oh, I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, you wouldn't. The reason why in America, Los Angeles, these producers are putting shit together is because they can potentially make a lot of money. But even producers on a high level here very rarely make any money. In TV, they make a lot of money. Do they really? I think so, yeah. I heard that like, um, and this could be completely bullshit, like not a great source, but like that show um, Offspring, like they, I don't know how many seasons they did, three or four or something. And it was, a, I think it was a popular show. I'm pretty sure it was a high rating show. And even then, they were running on a certain amount of funding from the government. Uh, and 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 that that apparently that funding runs out after four seasons or whatever. So even though it was a high rating show, that this could be complete crap. Has have you heard of that? Offspring probably, but they could just shoot it on a smaller budget. I don't think they were using that funding to. Uh but if the people who using were producing that, that show weren't making, had to have uh, this special grant money that runs out after four seasons, that just that doesn't mean they, they that means they weren't making a lot of money. And and now they're not sure if they're even going to start again. But I think that was to do with creativity anyway. They didn't not keep, I think the writers creators got sick of it. Hmm. But yeah, well, I don't know. I I just think. Um, well, I mean, maybe you're right, but it's not going to happen, is it? There's no one's, that's just not going to happen in Australia. They're not going to get producers and, and try and turn events organizations. Because you have to build like, you can't just fund their hunger. You, they've got to have a real hunger. And they've got to really see that this hunger, but, but they, this they, hunger can make them rich eventually. Mm. Like that's what they have in America. Yeah, but if you're an event manager or a PR person, you're moving from project to project, probably like all the other people. Imagine if just one of these projects was a film. But there's just so much vernacular that you need to know and the, and you have to is I mean, it fi- but film but you have to love the shit you have to you can't go okay i'm not i'm going to choose to go into that industry for money i don't think anyone really does that not but here that's anyway. the same with event i'm sure that's the same problem with doing events like running oh, concerts events, events events are running half of the ones in this state are running because some mining industry has a shitload of money and so you're like cool i'll, I'll organize an event for them because i'm going to get paid a fortune yeah most people out there work for money People in the arts don't work for money. Not in this country, anyway. Uh, right. But you've got to get momentum somewhere. So, you start by instead of funding these weird... Like, the way they pick who's going to get funding for a feature film in WA, uh, it seems weird to me. How do they? Like, a, a company comes up with an idea. Like, a production company comes up with an idea... And then they're like, mishmash it together and they go, oh, this is interesting. And then they go in and make it. And it's this film that no one cares about. 
And what would be the alternative? The producer comes up with an idea. Yeah, incentivize the producers to go out there and actually find the people who are already passionate about something mm. rather than just hiring some guy. Like, you have a working creative. You'll be more likely to get a job as a, a like a film director than me because I go, oh, he's done ads. Um, we'll just get him to write something. We'll just get him to write something up, you know? Well, the first thing I would do is go to a good writer. But anyway, um, yeah, maybe. Hmm. Hey, we should and write And where would something. you go? We should write something. Where would I go? I'd go to, to write. To, yeah. Yeah. But then you that's just a single source. That's what I'm saying. Like, you should have... Well, I'd look around a bit. Um, I don't know. I found this cool writer today, actually, who was doing a little um, YouTube. He was based in LA, but... You can find them. Like hmm. he, he made these um, ten-minute um, episodes, like webisodes. It was really strong writing. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. he's probably getting lapped up by the, by the industry now. But most of the episodes from the first season only had you know a few thousand views. But wow, the writing was really good. I haven't I don't see that kind of writing very often. Yeah, I think what they need to do. If you, they need to uh, um, say if they're going to make a new film, they're going to make a. a you know, like the moment they're funding three films. Shh. Sorry, my cat's whinging. Um, WTF. They're funding three guys. I like the Who is sorry, what? Screen West yeah. for their feature navigation program. Uh, and they're having a call out for scripts and then you have to have an agent to send one so in. So, those three guys are what? They got picked as directors. Okay, so they start off and with directors. And for some reason, I don't know, it seems like either their choice or not, they're not allowed to write their own scripts. So, they're making a call out for scripts and you can send it in, but you have to have an agent to do uh, that. There's no such thing as theatrical agents in WA for variety. Oh, there may be a one or two. I didn't think I, there was. You would have a literary agent, probably like a book, like a, an author, the same publisher, same agent as an author. Ooh. And uh, you send it in. At least that says how they're advertising. I'm sure if you know someone, they'll just but slip yeah. you in. And, then, and, and then, what's to stop you from going and get, get your, your brother to say, I am such and such of the... Oh, I'm sure you can do that. I'm sure you can do that. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to make all three films? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about Screen Wars. Have they got money? Yeah, I mean, they got, they're making a lot of films. They're making more feature films here than ever. Really? I missed all that. When did this? When did this start? Was this something that? They're just some of the ones from last year premiering now. The Simon Pegg one and the Ewan McGregor one are premiering on right now. Oh yeah, they were both they made were in WA last year. I know they were made in WA. I didn't know they were funded through Screen. Yeah, Wars. I think so. At least up to a million dollars. I mean, those had Ewan McGregor and Simon Pegg. I thought that had um, foreign funding. Oh, it's probably more than. I saw Screen West only put in probably put in like seven hundred fifty thousand or up to a million in. Okay, so in those films probably cost six million or something. Four million probably. Four million. Um, that's cool. So that's just that. Does that money come from the state government? Yeah, that's cool. It's good. I just heard that they're um. Oh, uh, these final hours that came out last year. I think it just came out in the cinema a few months ago. Was it good? It's very depressing. <laughs> this is why it will never make. It will never be a big hit because a it got the actual trailer went viral, but. The trailer went viral 18 months ago. 
and then they released it just two months ago and no one can remember. No one, In the world of the internet, it's gone. You know, that wasn't very clever. <laughs> Why would you do that? That'd be cool if you... What if you, you watched a trailer and you thought it was awesome and you press rent now on your Apple TV and boom, you're, it's there for you to watch on Saturday night. I'm sure that's happening now, isn't it? It could have spread the word, but... See, that goes back to your film. It's not depressing. Exactly. And that they won't make it. They won't make but, that as that as a, as a feature film, will they? Because it's it's too. Would you like them to? No, <laughs> I reckon you should. But hey, probably got ulterior motives. Um, I reckon, yeah, I reckon it could be a cool feature. It's got to be edgy, man. But you just said something that was depressing is never going to be a hit. Yeah, but it was made because it was edgy. Ah, uh, but. Uh, you're I know. Me, you're telling me that if... Yeah, I know. That's the You're problem. telling me that Four Weddings and a Funeral or whatever, Love Actually, which is something that makes people happy when they walk out of yeah. it, won't get made here? No. Or, or it has to be... Like, that would make something that's like the Full Monty. Australian, they love making movies that are like the Full Monty. That's what they want. And is there a... Can you... Can you let's say, for example, Your Meet Cute. Is there a film that that fits into? Every Australian film is either a copy of... Try to be a, a copy of Chopper or the Full Monty. It seems. <laughs> it's one or the other. Really? If you do anything else, you're never going to have a chance of getting made. <laughs> I mean, these final hours is a really unique movie. It's about the end of the world. It's the apocalypse film in set in Perth. Is it good? If you want to see Perth get blown up, go watch it. But it's really depressing. You come out and go, oh, I could have slipped my wrist and had just as good a time. Is the production values um, believable? Yeah. You don't sort of go, oh, I can see how they've done that. And well, it's not It's not about the CGI. It's about no, the No, I know, but I can imagine impact. in that apocalyptic moment, like if stuff... The only shot of Perth burning you see is like, it's on. you see the Perth skyline burning in the distance. As it's- oh, so you don't see like dodgy cracks in the road and stuff? No, you'll see it. When you see it, you'll know what I mean. It's done pretty simply. Okay. I don't want to spoil what happens. That's cool. Um... So, what do you think all this is going to in terms of um, maybe not so much locally, but in general, like when people like Brett and Nelson say, Brett and Ellis and Steven Spielberg and that, they say, oh, cinema, that'll go the way of theatre where it'll cost you uh, $100 to go to the theatre. Oh, for and sure. You'll, That's and you'll the way go it has to go. Once a year if you're lucky. That's, that's the way it has to go because the only thing that's better than Mad Men or Breaking Bad is films like... The Dark Knight Rises. I flew to Sydney to watch Dark Knight Rises in the IMAX. I paid $1,000 to see it. So, the money that that makes when it goes to TV and Netflix and all that can't, can't, is, isn't enough. Netflix doesn't make money. Really? The only stuff that will ever make money on Netflix, I'm pretty sure, is the stuff that Netflix funds itself. It's loss makers. It, each season of House of Cards costs $100 million. And so, that the people who made that will get a ton of money because Netflix is putting in and then just to promote the service. But if you're some person who's making your own stuff and put it up, every time someone watches, you get one cent. At least if you watch, if someone rents on Apple TV for $5, you get might get a dollar of that. Okay, so all that, all that. Netflix is just making everything seem, is devaluing content to the point where it won't be economical. So, where are we going to go then? What's going to happen? What's going to happen is, what the, the bad thing that's going to happen is that Netflix and HBO 
and a network like Google and Amazon will put money into their things that will attract stuff. Mm. And anyone who gets made through that system are going to make a ton of money. Uh, ton of money. Everyone else is going to make nothing. And there's just going to be... There's just going to be really cheap films and there's going to be really expensive films and the middle ground is going to die. That's exactly what's happened to music. Yeah. Um, crazy. But so... All that, like, like HBO is profitable. Yeah. So, what are we going to get? We're going to get good, great, high-end, good writing, good production, uh, five-part series or something mm-hmm. like, or, or like 10-part series or series in general, true detective kind of things, maybe like series that aren't always interrelated by the next season. And then we're going to get, go and see Avengers in a cinema for a hundred bucks. Interesting. And uh, and then we're going to get iTunes movies that someone made next door for but people, you know, seventeen but, grand. You know, people aren't going to. They're only going to go. You're only going to pay a hundred bucks to see a theatre show if it's at the State Theatre Centre, a nice big show. You know, with little trinkets you get it at the uh, half break or whatever they call it. The intermission. Yeah. You go for the experience, you know. Like, I pay, I go, if there's a movie I want to see and it's in IMAX, oh, I love paying 26 bucks to go see it in IMAX. You go in there, there's no ads, there's just trailers and then the movie. Boom. Best sound in Perth, even though it's a digital IMAX. So, it's not a real IMAX. Hmm. Well. <laughs> so, this is by, you know, on a national... Um, Novel Writing Month. Have you heard of that? No. Uh, every November, like, they have this thing. It's like, hey, write a book in one month. Really? And normally, I try and write a script or a draft of a script in one month. You yeah. Know, like, three pages a day or something. Um, But this year, I'm thinking, you know what? I should actually write a novel because I think that's the only way you can ever actually get your story out there that you want to do without compromise. That's true. That's true, yeah, because writing apparently... Even though I'll never make money on it, but at least I could put it on my website and say, and I die and people go, what was that James person? Oh, I can read you this might story. might make money. It's possible. Like, I mean, lots of people made money Not out of the books. stories that I want. But... People just want the next cloud straight, you know. But what do you want to write about? Just dumb stuff that is fun. <laughs> well, cloud street could be dumb stuff, isn't it? Um, no, but yeah, I think you're right. I was listening to someone the other day saying that books are the only only place you can really get your where they want a unique voice. Whereas <coughs> in the film industry, they want your voice to be the same as other hit that made money. Mm. So maybe you're onto something with the books. Whereas if yeah, we're they're always looking for a new voice. They don't want they don't apparently they don't want a voice that's the same as everyone else. But that's not true because as soon as Harry Potter came out, then everyone was probably trying to write Harry Potters and and uh, we end up with Hunger Games. Hmm. Via Twilight. Um. Cool. Well, let's um. How many scripts have you got? What do you mean? How many uh, short scripts have you got? Short scripts. Yeah. None that are worth making. How many feature scripts have you got? Um. Probably two. Do you like webisodes of things? Have you ever watched a webisode? Yeah. This one I found today is good. And you're sort of in the industry. 
But I don't think anyone out of the industry has ever watched a webisode. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I tried that. I made Liz on my website. You can see the pilot called the Final Summer. And it was. It's not the actual episode. It's just a pitch. It's not like a like a mood board thing. Yeah, it just sets up the story. It's not actually what the show would be like, if you know what I mean. But you did get an actor or so or something. No, it was just my friend. Oh, okay. It was you know it was just for a competition. Yeah, but I only had a week to make. Still it. an actor, or even if it's just your friend. But but yeah, you did actually have people saying dialogue. You didn't just like find footage that was found footage mm-hmm. and chuck it together and say this is this is the atmosphere we're creating. Yeah. But then again, it's. Because the competition I made it for, they just wanted the idea of it. So, I feel like, I'm not sure I'll ever pursue that idea again, but I would have to actually make a pilot episode that represents what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, this is trying to, I'm trying to set up an origin story in under 15 minutes of a, you know, it doesn't. And it's just set in real life, like your everyday, your life, your reality. Yeah. That's cool. But I only had like two actors, you know, sort of two main roles and... What do you think about quantity versus quality? Like, okay, let's say you're trying to find that that level where, you know, you've got industry support. So, so you can call it famous success, whatever you want to call it. But to a point where you are getting people come to you and there is money and whatever, some sort of industry support. Like, would you go... Because some people seem to like in music, some people go, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not famous or successful, but I don't care. As long as I die with lots and lots of songs that I've made. Uh, and whereas I'm more like, I would much rather have three really good songs than have hundreds of average songs. Because like, so the resources that you need to put into things to get them out there and get them made, like, I just kind of feel like you're better off just saving all your energy and just making uh, uh, quality yeah. as opposed to quality. I mean, ideally, would be for me is to, I would like to make a podcast every week because they're just people talking to a microphone. And then like one make you know write run script a year that's sort of made my aim for the past three years yeah but okay and so when you got these scripts but you need to put energy into making that script come to a reality right? yeah so i'm yeah i like one the script that i wrote last year i've been sort of promoting this year and that was interesting and how'd you do that uh on the blacklist what's that it's like a website you pay pay someone to some readers to read it and they sort of give a rating and then if you get good ratings it'll go higher in the rank and then people will and then like in theory producers go i want to make a script that's set in australia that cost under a million you know could be made for under a million dollars you know it has a male protagonist and click and it just lists all the scripts there that meet that criteria and then they can choose to read them, or they can just read the blurb, and the, or they can re- read the views and see what ones are interesting, and then they can decide what to read. So once it's up there, does that mean anyone can read it? You can choose whether you want just indie. You can let anyone read it, or you can just let only industry professionals read it. So the industry professionals pay a certain rate to be part of it, as opposed to no, they get it for free. They just have to prove themselves. But is there a worry about intellectual property, or you just have to take that and run? You well, just who's going to steal? 
steal it, you know. Okay, so there is that risk, but you you just have to go. That's well, I registered with the the Writers Guild of America. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. So that was good, but then I I got a few good reviews, and I got like a bad review. It's hard to take it down. Do you think it's legit? This site, it's not just a way of scamming uh, writers for Uh, money. I think it is. (laughs) I think it is. I'll be interested to know how much money they make. They probably never say it's profitable but the the thing is you actually get people to read it and you get feedback back wow but it's like pay for play in a way though yeah but it's fair because you're paying them for their time yeah, to read see, it yeah. it takes two hours if you're a fast reader it's going to take you two hours to read a a, a two-hour movie yeah so they got you got to pay them for their time but you never feel like they have they because i could imagine you could some if they're real if they were scammers they'd have like kind of like generic template replies that'd be bad yeah, but they that would the site will get bad publicity if they did that. Yeah, it's got to feel real. So so far, you felt like it's legit. and and then the answer is if you don't feel it's worth it, just don't pay money, and so you just don't, don't don't be. But you've part already of it. paid the money. Yeah, and you got the feedback, and you yeah. decide whether it's worth it, and don't do it again. Don't do it again. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I got some feedback on that, and so now I'm rewriting a draft of that script. So you got one bad bad review and that meant you go you, you go yeah because then your average goes down and you fall down the rankings so it's better to take it down and then put it back up okay and pay the money again and get some more readers yeah it's annoying but that's interesting oh well, that's cool plus when i put it up i'll put it up as a new draft so the reviews of the old draft will be meaningless you know yeah huh well if i get into parts- i don't know if it's any good you how many scripts have you heard that were made because they were found on the blacklist this is the website, not the actual annual list. Yeah. But, you I mean, you, as long as you're doing something, start, as long as you... I feel like you've got, to, you've got to spend more than half of your time trying to get shit to happen as opposed to making it. Like, people who make their art, it's fine. But in this world, like, I think just making it... Yeah, I just don't like short films, though. So, why should I make short films? I don't... I'm not saying you should make them. I'm saying, like... You could write. I think I'm better at making it, writing a book. Look, every every mo- book, movie, uh, film you got to see, just about two thirds of them are based on a book. Well, whatever you're making, whatever you're writing, or whether it's written or you actually get it in the can, I think you've got to spend a lot of time, yeah, doing the making sure people see it or hear it or whatever. Like oh. that's more, almost more important than the actual making itself. Which is depressing, but that's yeah, but the then reality. Because they they there's so much content now and so much equipment. Like we're making this recording now that cost us hardly anything to record mm-hmm. because of the digital technology. So it's all out there. Yeah, but see, I've got an iPhone and I got a, a microphone recorder. We could go instead of spending two hundred dollars promoting the meet you, you could spend two hundred dollars and make a film on the weekend that's actually got a hook to it. That might actually get into one of these dumb festivals. Ah, uh, I disagree. But you know, that's we're not gonna we're not gonna agree with. I don't think I can I can convince you because I think your film is way better than something you could make for two hundred bucks, specifically on a weekend for two days, plus angling something that's not really you. I just totally disagree. Well, if you've got contacts, ask them why. Ask them if you can watch the film and ask them why would you not put it in the film festival. Well, I don't. I, mean, I, bet you I don't know how many festivals you've really tried to put in. It's too conservative. Are you just, just being a, pessimistic or you've really been knocked back from like, you need to have been knocked back from like, I mean, I know it's very hard to go to 50 festivals, but that's probably the reality before you can start being fit. 
yeah. really pessimistic. Yeah, well, what's 50 times 30? And that's 30 is usually the minimum entrance. Okay, fine. It's a lot of money, but... And then, uh, and then what are the... How, how many of these festivals will actually have people there that... Will I'm just saying, stuff? yeah, it's shit that you've got to spend that much money, but you, you don't have the right to be pessimistic and say that you're going to get knocked back until you really have been knocked back that much. That's that's $1,500. Have you done it? Well, we spent the last of our the money on the we got. That's what I'm. That's, but this is my view: is that, and I was. I, think I got to the point where I'm like, wow, we got into one of ten that it was submitted to. One of ten's good. Yes, yeah, so that's it. And then go back the next film. Because that that the Minky isn't that. But, rep- you're, but you're just telling me you don't want to make another film, probably because partly because you're demoralized. I want to make. If I want to make a film, I want something that's actually representative of what I'll. Might want to make as a feature film. Yeah, but but then on the you other know, hand, like you're it, saying, "Oh, I'm going to pander. I'm going to try and get a hook and do stuff that, they, that, that people think's edgy, which is not really you." But you know, or is it, it? everyone comes up to me is like, "Why don't you do what the guys that did Saw did? They just made like a scene of their feature film script into a short film, and then they just showed that around. That got popular, and then it's like, oh, let's make that into a feature film.' Yeah, but do you want to make? Well, you got to make what's true. Like, I don't care about edginess in music anymore. I used to, and maybe I used to think that was really what I wanted to do. Right, but, but maybe original, I was, tr- maybe on a subconscious level, I was pandering to edginess. You know, I think you probably even have one of the drafts of the meet cute where he literally gets out a crossbow to shoot <laughs> the girl and knock her down. That was actually kind of funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was a whole series. Rather than this one, he gets a net and tackles her with a net. And you don't even see it. We cut out before I that. Think was, but you, the whole original idea of the film was like, is, is all the really scary, stalky stuff he goes to stalk this girl. Okay. So, that you would have done that if you had what? The money or you changed it? What, if it wasn't a family-friendly thing. You changed it for the family-friendly rating, did you? Yeah. Okay. So, you really didn't... You actually didn't want to make it family-friendly. If you had the choice, you would no, have made a lot I more just want, freaky. Yeah. That people actually go... You wanted the character to be more... Like distasteful, a psycho. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, it's a comment that if you the whole film is a comment on like rape culture. Oh fuck! If you ever watch <laughs> the it, the whole thing is think like about the film. It's about he's like considering raping her. What? <laughs> nah. Not, so the whole but, thing for me, for what I'm seeing, is a happy accident because I think it's way better than that. No, no, no. He possibly is. Not that's not his intention, but that's what rape culture says about if a guy ever pursues. Like, have you seen the new viral video that came out today? It's about a guy, a girl just walking through New York City, and about the they show the hundred uh, comments she gets from men harassing her on the street. Like, this is what people are interested in now, and I, I feel like toning that down in the film for the family friending just defeats. It doesn't make an interesting film like this book with that. Make well, you become could but could have come viral if we had done the original idea. Oh well, it seems but you me, but then I wouldn't have got the money to make it. Seems to me like it's a happy accident, but it's a matter of taste and of subjective. I think it's better the way it is, but like I mean, like, I mean maybe my taste changed, but I, I actually think something that's forgetting about trappings of edginess and, and contemporaneous, just something that's strong and good, like something that's a great book that was written 100 years ago or whatever or 50 years ago is still great. But 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 that's probably more likely to have... That book's more likely to be less about edginess and contemporaneous 
were more about the true human. I think people are just so over like a white guy chasing a girl. And that, I get that. I, I bet man. you. I people, get that. I get that. But I, I think you, what you've done is better that are, than that. Like I, it's it's somehow transcended I, that. I think what's great for me and my taste, great art is something that seems like. It doesn't have trappings of edginess and cool and contemporaneous. It's just and it's just good and got a, makes you feel something in your heart. Mm. And usually that is a fucking fail because it does turn to a cliche and it's boring. You've seen it a million times, and it's usually yeah, it's not cool. But if you can get past that, all that if you can do something that's still touches people and it isn't trying to be cool, then. It's such a small field of people, things that can actually do that. And that's what's cool. I'm thinking if I do enter a first I'm literally going to say the tagline is going to be a subversive look at rape culture. Shit. Well, all right, James. I'll pay for the things I Ooh, enter it the way I want to enter it. We can cut all the fat off it so it's literally just him I'll become- talking <laughs> the end. And we put it as subversive look at rape culture. All right, here's the, here's and the deal. And see what happens. Here's the deal. You can and do make that it as one. Edgy as you well. can do that one. If we, you got, I think if you got we did money. some takes where he swears in it. So I think we, we can make did. it a bit more edgy. I think we did. Okay, I, I, I disagree with you. But this is your options. You can, if you can find the money, you can enter that, put your swearing in, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, mind putting the swearing in and call it rape culture if you want. Or you can let it sit on your hard drive like you have been. It seems like you are. Well, I'm going to put it, you know, I want I'll like, take it. I'll enter it without putting a subversive rope culture on it, and if it gets in, gets in, and I pay. For, I'll pay for the entry. I I don't want to get in the way of you promoting your acting, so I want you to do what you want. I just I can't afford to put another three hundred bucks into promoting the film. All right, cool. Well, um, yeah. All right, well, we'll talk about that. And like I said, I've got my thing on November 7th. I've got to work on that. I don't have time to go and re-edit the film. And Okay, cool. That's cool. I mean, Does if, that make if I enter it and it's, you know... M- I'm not against you putting it because I want you to promote your acting, but sometimes I think it's better just put on your showreel because that's all people care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to kind of try and do this pilot season thing in January... December, I think it even starts, which is pretty soon. I have to find some sort of representation in America ASAP yeah. for that to happen. So that's so. I guess I'm gonna have to start knocking on doors, or emailing people and trying to show them my show. I think my show is looking all right for acting, but who knows? But I think I don't know. Do you think that if if more people saw that film, I could maybe get some offers? Um. Show them. Sorry, if you show them the meet. If, if that meet kit was in female festivals, do you think it could lead to some people emailing me and saying, "Hey, do you want to be in something?" You would have to put it in. You would have to get into festivals that are in LA where the agents are. Not so much America. And you have to I'm hope saying the agents general, actually I'm go saying to even Australian films. films or whatever. Do you think that that being seen by a few more people could maybe make people look up who's that guy? You never know. Do it you? could do, but you would. Yeah, I, if if you if we get into like the Tel Aviv Film Festival in Israel, how's that gonna? help us you know <laughs> all right you have to think about where it goes and whether it's worth money actually sending to that festival maybe it is because then you can put the little floralettes on the on your trailer mm-hmm. you must have to go hey do you yeah i probably should we should probably wrap it up all right well so we are 
going to um thanks for joining us it's been jim rich fam thanks for having me uh this is justin you can follow him on twitter at warns freely w-o-n-s-p-h-r-e-e-l-y yeah I think. And what about, okay, and what, just finally, the film that we've been off and on discussing during this chat. It's called The Meet Cute. The Meet Cute. And is that going to be viewable at some point for the public? Well, I was going to, but then if you want to put it in festivals, you won't get it in if it's on the web. Uh huh. Okay, so let's just, devil's, um, devil's advocate here. Let's say I don't. Let's say. I, took, I was, you could, there was a link to watch on my website, but I took it down because I, I thought maybe you would. If you wanted to re-enter into stuff. Okay. But when, I think... When was that? It's been public for a little while, has it? Yeah, but only one person watched it. Uh-huh. It was probably my cousin or something. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll chat more. Sounds good. Um, but what... There will be an internet push at some point, but we have to decide when it is. Do you have a theory? Do you have like strategies for that already? Or are you just going to try and make them up? Well, I'm show? hoping you, Tanya, and Luke will push it. Luke? The composer. Oh, yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. Look out for the meet cute soon. Yeah. At- maybe if we get it all pushed at the same time, maybe we can get it onto some Vimeo. Hey, this is a cool list. Well, if you can tell us how to push it, I don't know how to push to Vimeo, but we'll do it. You just have to tell all your friends to watch it and like it, I think. Oh, so if, if Vimeo starts noticing that it's getting higher views, mm. they'll go, okay, cool, this is yeah, a I guess staff pick for the yeah. week or something. Yeah, I hope so. I might You Google. hope so? Do you know that's true? Well, I'm not going to go out there and just do it. I'll, no, I, I'll I, Google I, it. I remember one time trying to get Vimeo to respond and I, I think I must have Googled a bit and I never worked out how they, how they make their staff picks. Someone Maybe you told, have to tag it or something. Someone, somebody did get a staff pick because it got it multiple times told me that he just friended a whole bunch of stuff from Vimeo and said, hey, watch my thing. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me, man. No worries. You can, yeah, find Jimmy's Femme at jimmyshfemme.com or if you want to find out more about the Meet Cute and see a little teaser of Justin in it, uh, just search the Meet Cute on Jimmyish or meetcute.jimmyish.com. How are they going to spell Jimmyish? Just Google it and I'll try and work it out. J-I-M-A. <laughs> I mean, they will only hear this if they're... Because that's what I'm asking you. Is, is your name going to be on this um, broadcast? Something like in a word, written, is a written format.